listening to Charge Podcast, episode 43, the podcast that looks at tech under the hood. I'm your host, Owen, and joining me today is your co-host, John. How are you today? I am awesome. I feel like, I think I saw someone wrote a review or something or wrote somewhere that they could do without the um, weather report every episode. Oh, but I love the weather. I, I assume it's useless, but it's I love it. I like doing it too. It's very chill. If somebody badmouths the weather, I mean, that's a shame. Yeah, like I think the weather report yeah. is actually the most useful thing that we do in the podcast. Right. That's the only thing that's true. Yeah. Like, I, <laughs> In fact, I'm pretty sure that there are some people that just listen to us to know what the weather is like in Amsterdam and New York. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it's not like you can Google that. I have a... I have a <laughs> How is New York? Oh, my goodness. I'm looking out the window. I'm looking at the blue skies and the sun. It's like beautiful spring temperature there's a cold breeze but a hot sun it's great beautiful beautiful yeah 8 30 nice. a.m on a sunday morning awesome charge tech podcasting how about you wow it's beautiful here we've just had a great weekend of biking around in the sun with friends from new zealand so i can't complain are you in your it's perfect are you in your closet yeah i am in the closet john <laughs> i'm still in the closet <laughs> Oh dear. Well, it's been a while since we had a podcast, well, so I think we've got a lot was, of things that we should talk about. Last one was IRL episode. IRL. I think uh, it was pretty good. I got some uh, good comments about that one. Now I'm sad because I'm not there. Yeah, it was nice. We should be doing it IRL more often. I obviously just need to move to I'm New York. I'm sad because I'm not there with you this week. Yeah. Yeah. All right. What should we start with, John? There's too many things. Should we start with the most boring topic oh you're so punny let's start with the most boring <laughs> oh, so title good. oh god womp, but i think we should womp. start with it because it's incredibly boring womp, womp, womp. <laughs> all right go ahead so you told me something elon musk is okay first of all elon musk is weirdly active on instagram right now like well he's constantly. got he's got but you told me he posted something interesting. He's got like cool girlfriends and like people to impress now. So I think he's like him in suits. Yeah. And okay, first of all, funny thing is that like I wish I had his Instagram. His, it's like pictures of him interspersed by him landing rockets on boats and stuff. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's like super cool. Here's me in a hotel wearing a Tom Ford suit, looking spiffy. Here is me sending a rocket <laughs> to space. Um, or also, I just got the new Tesla. Yeah, yeah. Or here's my new tunnel I just built that I put a sled into that can hold Somehow. a car. And five yeah, months that can hold a car that can uh, go 125 miles per hour uh, underneath the ground. So we've talked yeah. about his boring company and his boring machine before many times. Many times. The most boring yeah. topic. I even renamed the last episode because Andrew gave me a great name for the episode, which was the boring episode. Andrew from Slack. I wish I had thought of that myself. Anyway, carry on. Um, so for those of you not familiar, basically Elon Musk is is taking boring machine technology. So the, literally the machines that bore holes under the ground. So I think he like bought a used one and I presume he's like got some of his engine well he posted a picture of it like two weeks ago and he's like this is a boring machine this is a boring machine running at industry standard rate i'm gonna crank this up by like 
crazy. Ten, tenfold or something like that. Um, and his idea, so he actually released a video about five days prior to that. Um, but his idea is basically that he wants to build oh, wow. big tunnels underneath cities. And then he wants to put basically little elevators at street level. So imagine you would be driving through the city. You would drive <laughs> up to a parking space. Uh, you uh, would have like a little ramp on it. You would lock yourself into the ramp. The ramp would move you down underground. And then you would be uh, lowered onto a sled and then secured and then the sled would like shoot off forward um so imagine basically a road that has a large uh, rubber band running down the middle of it and it hooks into that rubber band and that rubber right, band right. is pulling and it clicks in and whoosh and like sends the sled super super fast down That's this it, tunnel yeah. and then they've invented this technology for merge i mean it's i think probably similar to how the railroads work but like merging um uh, rubber bands on top of rubber bands and putting you onto the rubber band. That's like the, I don't actually right, know right. if they're rubber bands, but like whatever that, how does he have time for this? It's crazy. Well, I think you're just, you just like, you say, all right, I'm going to take, you know, $10 million and I'm going to hire 60, six or seven people. And I'm going to, you know, buy one machine and I'm going to say, all right guys, like figure out if this is a thing we can do. You know, and then, and then you just go every lunchtime right. over and, and you like have your beer or your lunch or whatever and be like, all right, tunnel machines coming along nicely. So he did actually do it. And he, so he vid- released a video of, Like, what's the goal here? Like, do you think he's really going to do it? Uh, well, so yeah, I do think he'll do it. I think, I think by the end of July, there will be a video of right. him driving a Tesla onto a sled and a Tesla and then, grinning. and then it shooting some distance and being out on the other end and him like, he'll do something smug too, like just going for a in and out burger of course. and then like get in his thing and shoot across in like four minutes to the other side of LA and be like, now all I have to do is wait in the line oh, for dear. 45 minutes or something like that. Interesting, isn't it? But you saw the video. It's, like, it's just amazing because, but we were talking about it just before this. And the most interesting thing about this thing is how has he got it done already? He only announced it five months ago. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if he, like, kind of is like, oh, like, plans something for months and months and months or, like, works on something for months and months and months. And then, is, and then tweets like, oh, I just thought of this idea. I'm going to try and do it. And then, like, you know, oh, mystically two months later it's done wow i'm like super fast you it's guys sh- you guys should all invest in me because I, yeah like he's a I, I mean elon musk is definitely a master marketer like he's really good at like you know oh absolutely like yeah i feel like but you think he's been working on it for months right in secret i mean probably like i feel like he's the type of guy that's like oh i need more money like i'm gonna raise my stock price today like i don't like i know say Here's something a tweet on about twitter the yeah, tunnel machine yeah, exactly. I bought with my own money yeah exactly yeah interesting well i'm sure i'm sure in like literally a month there'll be more i I, the biggest question i have is like will he drill this to like his house right now so he can go to work faster (laughs) that would be so good i was at um the columbus ohio smart city uh week thing and wow just like i just came back from that and so like part of the conversation was like around car companies and stuff like that and everyone's like terrified of what tesla's doing and what they're gonna do like and i think everybody's really worried about whether or not like flying 
taxis will become a thing at this point now too and stuff. So right, right. Yeah. Really? Everybody's worried about it. Yeah, I think so. Like legitimately. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. I so think the- just because Uber started talking about it or what? Uh, and also, um, I think it was, I want to say it was like Bombardier or someone just announced that, uh, they're, they're right. like, they themselves, like there's an airline that's announced that it's going to try and get flying cars into the U S by 2020. Wow. Or that's like insane. An, who was it? Oh, Airbus. Huh. Yeah. Airbus, I think said they were going to release a self-flying taxi in the U S by 2020. I think it was then. How, what technology is there that can do this right now? What, like I only thing I've seen is Larry Page's car. That's it. The flying thing with the, it's like a drone that you sit on. Oh, so no. Um, so China has, is this well, something new? it's not really new. It's just like an amalgamation of existing technologies getting better and better. But uh, China, a Chinese company has manufactured at some scale um, some number of, uh, in, they, they really look more like, you know, little helicopters basically but they're right sort of yeah they're like drones that you sit on well they're they have pods like they they you get inside them sort of like more like a helicopter um and then yeah they they fly uh and so dubai is committing to have this as a mode of trans transit um right right this year this summer this year what yeah no yeah for the public yeah. But how does it work? Is it autonomous? Like, we haven't even figured out autonomous cars. Well, autonomous air is considerably easier than autonomous cars because there's less things to bump into when you're in the sky. That's true. You might chop somebody's head off when you land, but... Autonomous autonomous part of air travel is figured out. I mean, f- planes have effectively been flying themselves since auto, like autopilot on planes is very good. It's just good. the landing and uh, takeoff that still isn't done for some reason. Like San Francisco has it. I mean, you can land, you could pro- I think you, I think technically you can I've land been on a, a plane, plane where they announced autopilot. it. Yeah, I think you, technically you can land a plane. Yeah, yeah, I've been on a plane. They have to announce it right now. Like I was sitting there and they were like, okay, this plane is equipped with autopilot landing technology and we're going to use it today. And they, I guess it's like beta testing almost, you know, but I remember, I remember when the guy announced it and I was like, oh my God, that's worse. And then I thought, no, actually I think it's better. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, like you have to think about it. There's a guy at the stick of the plane landing it every single time right now. <laughs> yeah. Like, so, so it's like the autonomous part, it's, it's different problems, right? Like we've figured out, we've figured out cars really well but doing autonomous right. on the ground is really hard, but we haven't figured out how to do people walking around, but we haven't figured out how to do small modular personal, you know, cost, cost effective, um, you know, flying taxis. Right. Like, but the, but, right. but the autonomous part on the aviation is, is figured out. So that it's like marrying those things together. I think one thing that's really important to recognize about Uber that we often don't like talk about is actually that, you know, they can basically provide a transit network that has some crazy degree of nines on the, on the SLA because they, they, I think we talked about this. Yeah. Like they, they when like Uber can't almost doesn't ever go down. I don't like. I think their architecture almost 
inherently lends itself to not be able to like go offline. So if you wanted to power like how many Uber rides are happening a day, like definitely like a bajillion, you know? Yeah. So like they could power a whole country's transit network and it wouldn't go down. Like they can do that. Sure. So you wouldn't even have to think about it. Yeah. So interesting. There's, there's some stuff in there. So we should be going to Dubai to do a first person uh, test of their flying cars in a year is basically what you're saying. I think someone should sponsor us for that. If you're listening and you have money, <laughs> send us to Dubai. Yeah. We will. <laughs> so the topic of paying people money for things like this, ransomware, John, this week. Holy shit. Okay, what happened? I don't even know where to start on this thing. Okay. What's it called? Um, I have to Google it really quick. Wanna it's Cry. Wanna Cry, I think. Yeah, Wanna Cry. Wanna Cry? Yeah, it's so, great. Friday, the news broke that hundreds of hospitals in the UK were infected with this ransomware called WannaCry. And it was it was super mysterious at first, uh, and it was spreading really fast. And the ransomware essentially uses an NSA exploit to distribute itself. It demands like $300 in uh, fees, which is nothing, to get rid of it, or it will delete your files in seven days. So hospitals got infected, Nissan got infected, they had to halt their entire production line in Europe. There's a whole bunch of, there's this crazy graphic on the New York Times of all the computers that were infected within 24 hours. It's insane. And it's all because of an NSA exploit. Somebody weaponized an NSA Windows exploit and all these hospitals and public companies are being locked out. But nobody knows how it's starting still. So digging a little deeper, uh, I can explain how it's how it works and how it spreads, which is actually really, really cool. Isn't it SMB shares? Uh, it's just scanning the TCP on the, so what it does is it just, they, it has to get itself onto one machine on the network somewhere like on the edge or anywhere right. on the network. And then what it does is it just scans TCP, uh, traffic looking for machines on the network that the NSA has previously compromised, which is why you see like thousands of machines in the interior ministry of Russia being affected and, you know, thousands of hospitals in the U S right. Like if you want to get Intel on an MP in in the, if you want to Intel on an MP in the U S you like, or in the UK, you would probably try and figure out who that MP's doctor is. And then you would like own the doctor's office or the NHS and then you'd get their health files. Right. But it wasn't even, it looks like it wasn't even super intentional how, how it distributed. It just kind of happened. No, so it didn't care. It was, all it was doing was looking for machines on the network that the NSA had previously compromised. And then it was because they, the NSA doesn't pull its exploits back out of the systems again, once it puts them in there. Well, they all there, right? Like if you own a machine in the interior ministry of Russia and you're like either actively using that exploit on that machine or you're uh, you had used it in the past and you didn't remove the malware from the machine. All this virus did, it was a worm. All it did was sit there and scan all the machines on the network. And every time it detected one that had been previously um, compromised by the NSA, it, it, use that compromise that the NSA used to access that machine to install um, its own third-party code. It was supposed to be fixed years ago, right? But nobody, a lot of businesses don't use those patches because of one reason or another. Like the NHS is never going to upgrade from Windows XP, for example. Yeah, for like what usually happens is they like... 
um, they'll have like a piece of scheduling software that is only compatible with Windows XP right. and the company that wrote it went out of business. Always. Like, yeah, you know, like five years like, ago. Or it's an access database that runs on that or, yeah. Yeah, and it's like entrenched in their, in their, in their um, organizational culture so they don't like ever pull it out. Dude, so the list of infected people, there's a really great GitHub gist and it's like the National Health Service in the UK, Nissan, the entire business, Telefonica, the entire carrier in Spain, a power firm and gas company in Spain, the entirety of FedEx in the US, the University of Waterloo, Russian Interior Ministry, like it just goes on and on and on. It's crazy. And, but the interesting thing is, so there's two there's two things that happen with this, right? So one, uh, well, it used the NSA thing. The first thing that happened is somebody accidentally killed it by registering the domain name that it goes back to. So the domain... I'll put the link in the show notes, but if the website, and it's like I-U-Q-E-R-F-S-O-D-P, is up, the virus exits instead of infecting the host. It's got so a kill switch built registrars in. registrars uh, sync hold the, uh, the domain, and now it doesn't activate if it's not already active. But if it's already active, there's nothing you can do. But Microsoft also released an out-of-bounds patch for Windows XP, Windows 2000, Windows Vista, all of those operating systems that aren't even maintained anymore because it was that bad. Insane. This is also going to get worse. Like, there's two things. Yeah. yeah if Well, if it is on... So if it's on your network on Friday and Joe Smith didn't come to work on Friday... As soon as mm-hmm, Joe mm-hmm. Smith turns his computer on Monday morning, if there's still a machine anywhere on the network that has this on it, it's gonna it's always constantly scanning TCP traffic. It's gonna see the other machine and it's gonna be like, Oh, there's a new machine, and it's gonna go infect that. And then all of a sudden Joe like before he even patches it, before he downloads the update, before he reads his email to see that he's in trouble. Right. So it spreads his that machine's fast. gonna be owned. At least for the next three weeks, this is actually gonna continue to happen as like people come back to work or different machines get turned on or whatever. But also with certainty, there's gonna be copycat versions of this all over the place, right? And you know Yeah, absolutely. This this person who did this one doesn't appear to like to be like a complete asshole. Like it seems like <laughs> like everything's translated into different languages. If you can't afford to pay, there's like a um, payment schedule or a way to like say that you can't afford to pay because you're too wow. poor or whatever. It's probably some like seventeen year old kid in Estonia, right? But yeah, but, sure. You did it by accident. Yeah, but not everybody is going to be so, like some people just aren't going to care, right? And so this all managed to stop spreading because of the, oh, the other thing is if the network blocks HT, if the network block that you're on blocks get requests from, uh, to to unknown hosts, which a lot of networks do, it It kills it. uh, No, it doesn't kill it. The, it isn't. Yeah, it won't be able to get because that's how they're calling the kill switch domain. So the guy registered the kill switch domain and because he registered it, all of a sudden all the kill switches were activated. Right. So like basically someone copy and pasted some code from somewhere else. Right. And they just typed like where they didn't take out. Yeah. Well, they just changed. They're like, I can imagine they were going through the the 
code that they were looking at the code sample and in the kill switch domain right. code it was like replace with your domain here.com or whatever and that person just went through and like just yeah. typed in a bunch of random characters the one who was writing the oh, one that, man the, so that's actually what happened yeah and then somebody but never, registered it but never registered that domain so then someone looked through the code and went copy and pasted all those random characters and was like, oh, if I just register this domain, it's going to activate the kill switch and all of this software. So that's how it stopped. And then it, yeah. But, but. Wow. Incredible. Yeah. But like. You know what the amazing piece of architecture is in this virus, which is horrible, right? It corrupts. So Windows has a great backup system called Shadow Volumes, where it makes copies of all your files automatically, kind of like Time Capsule, but it does uh, in place file backups. It even corrupts those. It's insane. And it uses that NSA double pulsar backdoor. It's oh my god! I like the fact that it got so big is crazy. It's the first big scale ransomware, right? It's because it's a worm. Like no one built ransomware as a worm before. Right, right, insane. Like, it's just gonna spread and spread and spread and spread. And if someone does this again without like, all you would have to do is comment out the kill switch code. Right. Like That's the insane. only reason this stopped is because someone made a mistake. Someone was being cheap when they made the app. Like it was just poor cold. Like they just, you know, they just didn't like they should have just commented out the kill switch code and then nothing could have happened. You know what the moral of the story is? Patch your systems, kids. Yeah, for real. <laughs> Don't turn off Windows updates. God damn it. That's incredible. I think it's all old orgs. That's all it is. And also one thing that's also I realized through this whole thing SAS is really important. Yeah, absolutely, because everything's in the cloud. Yeah, like, Do you think it's possible to ransomware a Google Drive? No. Couldn't you encrypt? You could loop through a Google Drive and sort on somebody's computer, uh, ransomware, and then it's gone. But then there's revisions in the cloud that they can't mess with. Oh, yeah, Google, like, I actually, I actually talked to a friend at Amazon, and I was like, well, because I said to, I actually, hmm. I was like, I texted a few friends who own cloud hosting providers who may host millions of people. And I was like, Hey, right. you should do what, <laughs> like there should be no way for anyone to ransomware a cloud because that would, they could ask you for $5 million, $10 million and you would give it to oh them. Oh my God. And you'd have and to pay it. Then I said to a friend at Amazon and they were like, no, like even if you encrypted someone's AWS account, you could just call us and we'd be like, yoink. Like here's your like, yeah you you right. can't act like you couldn't ransomware us like you you couldn't ransomware drive or anything like that. But if like someone had a SaaS app that was really poorly built, like and they didn't make fat backups and someone got into the VM that it was on, but then like you know at that point they could uh. R, they could RM it or whatever, like you know but yeah i mean ransomware is a very weird and Crazy. annoying thing and the future it, is insane it probably should be the law that you're not allowed to pay them well it can't be though because you might not have any other choice mm-hmm. i mean if if there's no incentive know. to do if it if you're a hospital then, and you're going to lose all your patient patient data like what do you do yeah it's horrible you, my point is you wouldn't even do ransom well in theory you wouldn't even do ransomware if you knew yeah. that you wouldn't be able to get paid for it that's why we don't like maybe it should be possible just to get fines for not patching your systems. Yeah, that's that actually <laughs> should be true. Like you you should get massive you should be fine. Yeah. Like if you're using XP, you should be fine for that. Okay, can you tell me I want I just want to move on from ransomware because I could literally talk about it all day. Improbable. What is it? <laughs> I keep hearing about improbable this week and that they got a shitload of money, but I don't know anything about them. I think it's in your space, right? 
Uh, sort of. Tangentially, yeah. Um, so they raised $500 million. Half a billion dollars in money. At a $2 billion <laughs> valuation, which is wow. the largest investment in a private company in the UK ever. Wow, that's crazy. 500 million. So they make an Unreal Engine. They make a 3D rendering engine, basically. Um, But the difference between it and other rendering engines is that it can do a lot of uh, extrapolation and it doesn't need you to give it like a lot of skins and stuff. It can like take really random. It's like a city simulation engine, right? Well... No, it's just a, it's just a 3d rendering engine. That's all it is. Um, people like they, well, it says, okay. The website says that they make a massive scale simulation for incredible games and better decision-making also in the real world. So it's a game engine and a real world simulator basically. Oh, I remember this. This is the ones that shard the, the way they, they do the world simulation for games. So, you know, world of Warcraft uses a whole bunch of servers with different worlds which is insane, but these guys shard it. So each part of the world is run on a different server so it can scale, but it's still the same world. Is that the one? Uh, maybe that's how they do it. Yeah, Spatial OS. Yes, yes, that that is the one. Okay, so what they do is <laughs> they make a 3D engine that is really, really good. You could build anything on top of it right. that you would need a 3D engine for, um, the two most common solutions for that are gaming and anything to do with the real world, obviously, if you want to simulate the real world. And in the real world, the best use case for that right now is cities. They don't actually make any solutions, though. They really, they focus on only make, they partner with people. So we, we partner with a company. So my company partners with a company called Imsim, Immense Simulations, where we give immense simulations, immense amount of data, and Imsim use the improbable engine to power generating simulations for cities. So improbable does not make software that generates simulation for cities. They provide the engine that solutions providers can build software to simulate real world stuff. So like one of the things we do is simulating um, traffic patterns. So MSIM Immense Simulations, this British company, they're really cool. You should check them out. They will pull all shit tons of traffic data from us and then they put it into their simu- like their algorithms, which build the model for the simulation. And then they give that model to Improbable. Improbable generates the actual render of the simulation on top of a on top of a map but actually improbable doesn't even give you the map you have to build that map yourself but the improbable so it's the improbable engine is that it can do the the real secret sauce of the improbable engine is that it can do immense amounts of predictive modeling as a renderer itself so like you it kind of like knows how to best render and like simulate the 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 
predictive model that you give it sort of so it's kind of hard to explain they gave a great example that they can simulate a fleet of self-driving cars or crowd dynamics in a stadium that's right through the thing and you can watch how it would play out with different scenarios the most amazing part about it is there's this quote from one of the founders that said basically we want to build the matrix and we want to build something where it's a world where the mark you leave can't be undone by the developer resetting the database which is interesting because and then they talk they give this crazy example where uh, one company built a vr app using their system called spatial os and the players were able to play chess um, but it turned out those players started throwing the chess pieces around and then everybody in vr had to go find them because it was permanent (laughs) that's amazing so it's just like a, it's like, it's, it's almost like if you simulated the world with time going forward and everything, like time is immutable in their That's simulation. Right. Wow. They're a cool company for sure. Oh my God. So it's huge. So 500 million is probably not even that much money really, given what they're, they're building. Nerd. They're building the singularity. They're very nerdy. Yeah. They're, they're really, they're really <laughs> trying to build a really special thing. I think they're, I think they're onto something. Um, everyone is always like. Someone messaged incredible. me the other day and they're like, this company that's a competitor, your company just raised $500 million. And I was like, uh, no, they are. We are different companies through and through. <laughs> yeah. Like, so actually companies like us and companies like them are really complimentary because we, they require immense amounts of data in order to generate the simulations, but they're not in the business of data ingestion right, and collection. Right. Interesting. Super interesting. So they're going to be something to follow for the next few years then. Yeah. I mean, they're a cool company for sure. Yeah. Crazy. I never even thought about this. It's, I mean, it's phenomenal. Wow. Okay. What, what is next? I don't know if we can follow that. Uh, <laughs> the I think the funniest thing that happened in tech last week was that the judge in the Waymo Uber case did something that's like near unprecedented. He, uh, he uh, in a what is effectively an intellectual property trademark secret, you know, like, um, hmm. uh, style case. The judge referred the case additionally to us, uh, to the DOJ, uh, for, uh, uh, federal Whoa. prosecutors to investigate it for criminal, uh, wait, does that mean it's criminal now? Uh, well, he, no, he has referred, he is, he is continuing to try his case, but he has said that he, sure, and it's going to trial. And yeah, so it will all continue as it is. But in the discovery process, he has found things that he would be remiss not to um, bring to the attention of the attorney general and the Department of Justice, as they, in his eyes, would imply that there was an al- there is also another case what? to be investigated, which is a criminal case. That is insane. So it's it's really all on now. Because it's also going to trial for his own, right? It is going to trial, and he, they and he's already granted and he's already granted a preliminary um, injunction. However, the terms and nature of the preliminary injunction have not been um, disclosed. However, you can probably infer from the fact that. Um, Anthony sent an email to everybody in Uber saying that he is not allowed to talk to them about self-driving technology. He's removed himself from all self-driving stuff and like Wow, yeah. So he's like the associate yeah, now. He's so not even I running the team. Presume that's may have something to do with what the injunction is at least the preliminary injunction might be that he himself is no longer allowed to work on it or he has to stay away from it. And then I would imagine through trial 
it will result in whether or not he is uh, he grants for Uber to holistically not be able to pursue um, LIDAR based self-driving car technology, which is effectively what Uber is requesting. Is there any result where he stays at the company with this? Uh, yeah, but he'd have to work on some like, I mean, Uber can probably st- like, I don't know that the judge can order a private company to fire an employee. I think that might not. Yeah, but do you not think that Uber will want to fire they him? Surely. Shit, a lot of but money they colluded, in this guy. Right? That's basically what's implied it. Yeah, they, they paid him millions because he's one of the few people who can do it. It's crazy. So I think we're going to hear more about that in the coming weeks. I mean, there's not much to say now other well, than yeah, it's going the to the next level. The thing that you have to remember in this whole thing that's really important is that a lot of this rests on... So rem- it's really important to always remember where the patent system like how the patent system works in technology is generally concerned with implementation. Right. right. And so, yeah, that's like where the light like was sitting on the car and locations that you place things and like, you know, how some piece of material interacts with another piece of material. That's the type of stuff you patent. Right. And so if, Uber has such general patents on LIDAR, the positioning of LIDAR, how, um, how mirrors work, interact with mirrors at what right angles, you know, to really design something that is like exponentially better than anyone else. It actually doesn't matter how good the tech you develop becomes. Um, you have to start to think about it in a different way. And so there's a chance that, if you were Uber, you would want him so that you could say, how do we build this in a way as so as not to infringe upon the patents that you filed at um, for Waymo at at Google? Because 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 Alphabet owns those right, right, patches right. or those patents. Sorry. Yeah. Does that all make sense? So it's just it's just like in the details, but still, yeah, but but still, it, I just don't see a way that how how can this guy keep working in the industry anymore? Like this is just it's it's insane how bad it is. He could just advise their counsel on like how to avoid Uber's pat, like right, like that. I like lidar. Like that Here are and, the things yeah, I like. You didn't hear it. Yeah, from me. like that in and of itself is probably pretty valuable. Sure, of course. Wow. Okay, I think it's going to get crazier and crazier as the time goes on. I'm very curious how far this can go. John, I own Snapchat stock. Do you? Did you buy Snapchat? No. Did you? No. Um, I own it. Did you buy Snapchat? Did you buy Snapchat stock at the IPO? I didn't buy it at the IPO. I bought it a few days later to see how fluid it was. And then then it was still bad. I am down, John. I am down $11. No, wait. uh, Oh, I'm down 20%. (laughs) Why? Sorry, I read it wrong. Because I bought at 20 uh, 21 and now it's at well it was down to 18 the other but day why now it's back up at 19 well snap reported its q1 oh, earnings and how were and they Owen? it wasn't very good <laughs> oh it was not good they lost two billion dollars in a quarter by so, the way i realized good. that if we i realized the other day by the way that if i talk about a stock that i own i have to tell that I have to say that I own the stock. I'm not allowed. Well, people know that I own Snap now, so I own Snap. I own like 12 shares of Snap, whatever. It's not much. Anyway, but 
I'm the most anti-Snap person ever and I still bought it because I think that it could turn into a really interesting company and it works like this. Buy shares low, sell high. Anyway, <laughs> I just told you the secret. Anyway, they reported Q1 earnings and everybody on the internet's like, Snap is burning down, I can't believe they're dying. But this happens at every first quarter reporting because the financial markets are rational. How much were they down? And, pardon me? How much were they down? 24%. Overnight. No, no. How, sorry. How much did they miss their <laughs> uh, earnings by? Not that much. I think it was it was less than ten percent. And 10%, how's their user growth? Actually, not good. Their user growth is not good. But they did prove two things. So that you know, I think there's actually a bit of a problem because they they said in the report, yeah, okay, our user growth is not terrible, which means first of all that Instagram didn't quash it, but it's not very good. And second of all. They really focused on what people were doing in the app. Every single per, uh, one of their 180, 150 million u- users is opening the app for more than 30 minutes a day. And, uh, you know, the thing is, no other app has that kind of engagement. But Wall Street is trained like rabid dogs to look at the monthly active users, and that's all they care about. And so Snap got <laughs> now- obliterated. And, you know... Uh, you and I, we both we both disagree on what Snap's outlook looks like, but I do agree with you that they could be the new Canon, and that's why I bought Snapchat Wait, shares. You're the one that wrote could the, be you're the, the next one camera. That wrote the blog post that said that Snapchat was terrible. I don't use Snapchat. You're the one that wrote the blog post that said Snapchat I was think terrible. It is terrible but I was I the one believe, that wrote the blog post. I do post believe that, they could be the new camera. Yeah, I was the one that wrote the blog post. The that current said Snapchat, Snapchat is was terrible. Great. I don't think that its current incarnation. <laughs> and now you're defending them. I said, that's what I'm saying, though, is I agree with you that they could be something. No, I'm not defend. I'm not trying not to defend them. I really am, because I know that everybody listening is like that guy hates Snap though, and I don't use Snapchat actively anymore, and I don't really believe in it. And all of my friends are not active on it anymore, but I do believe that they can build something that's really cool with their peripherals. You're a terrible investor. But I would- <laughs> what they showed at the Q1 earnings. Shush now. <laughs> what they showed at the earnings was not good. They lost a lot of money, two billion dollars in a quarter is insane so i and they didn't show promising so i actually do think what happens to them if they keep doing this that's a fine buy i think that that what's cheap well well i think (laughs) well i think snap is an okay investment but it's not it's incredibly 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 overpriced stock today and i think it may have the ability to grow into a large valuation, like you said, but I don't, I think the point is we haven't seen them prove that valuation and they're not going to prove that valuation. They're not even going to begin to prove that valuation for probably the next 18 months, at least three more quarters, probably. Right. Yeah, of course. It's going to be a painful bloodbath series of quarters until they actually ship the thing they're working on. This stock is going to go to like six bucks probably five bucks i'll buy it when i'll buy it when it hits like six bucks i'll buy like you know probably two thousand dollars worth of it at six bucks maybe ten ten bucks would be my like it'd become interesting for me at ten bucks like a little ten bucks or below i'd buy some and then like you said i'd sit on it for 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 like three years and see what happens i mean i never sell a stock within the first year anyway because of capital gains and all that kind of stuff but um but uh yeah like no, I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't buy it today. I think it's really, uh, really expensive. I bought it. I have to wait a long time. But it does. If you're long on the stock, but do you think Amazon's expensive? It's like eight hundred dollars. Yeah, that's the thing. I'm long. 
I'll wait two years. No, I, I think care. Amazon's really cheap. I just can't afford it. But I, but like, I mean, it's just like, I also won't, I won't get into a stock account own more than a thousand shares of. So, or sorry, a hundred shares of. So I, like, right, right. I can't afford a hundred shares of, of yeah, Amazon. Yeah, $800 stock. a share right now. It's crazy. Uh, you know, but one day when I can, I'll buy it, I think. Because I think it'll get up to like, I mean, I think. The real steal right now, if you've got some capital that you want to deploy, is for real. The real What's real investment right now is Disney. Disney, absolutely. Really? Uh, oh, Disney. Why? Why are oh you my goodness! Disney? Disney Advanced R and D and Disney Advanced Labs are doing some amazing, amazing, amazing thing. The next generation of of Disneyland's are gonna blow your mind. Six Flags can eat like just. No way. Disneyland is going to seven years long on wow. Disneyland. Well, oh like my VR God. Disneyland yeah. and you like should, futuristic Disneyland. Oh, you should like, what is, what are they working on? Go look at their Disney labs, YouTube video. Go look on the Disney labs, YouTube okay. video feeds. I will link that in it the show notes. Is some of the most mind boggling tech you've seen. Are they just pouring money into like making the futuristic dream park oh, of their dreams? Like, yeah. is that what, like it's not going to be metaphysical anymore. Like it's going to be Nick level. No, like they have like, they have a whole video series on how to build an, an atona, automaton, um, like a, 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 a character that can wander around the park on its own and like interact with kids on its own, like a proper robot. And like the things they think about and how they do that, wow. like how do we build an algorithm that makes sure that the when it's hugging the kid, it doesn't squeeze it too tight, but it gives it a good squeeze and like it doesn't crush it if it like and we never get lost. Like, really? Oh, my goodness. Like, it's like. They have one video that's like using an algorithm and a uh, Carnegie Mellon grad builds algorithm to do something to do with the weight of the child and like not squeezing it too. like, yeah, it's like, yeah, like they're like, oh man, some of the interfaces they've built, like, oh yeah. That's crazy. So that you think they were have robots and yeah, VR and all that kind of Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Like if you can afford a stock right now, and they're still a little expensive for me. I think people won't realize that they're such a good buy and, and like, I think they're going to go down a little bit. I really? think if they get, I think they're like hovering at about a hundred bucks. Sure. But if they got down to like 80, oh, that's not too bad. There's 80 bucks, I, mean, it's not I would buy like some of them for sure. Cause I think that's a really, really great investment. Okay. Also stay super if interesting. You like, if you're like, yeah. John, I never taking your investment advice anymore because Twilio stocks not doing well. Don't, <laughs> don't worry. Just stay in Twilio. I promise everything, Just wait. everything's going to be you all should right. Be long. Okay. I'll tell you the two things that I'm, I'm long on. I'm long on Shopify. And I'm long on Twilio. I bought Twilio on your advice and it's actually paying off. Okay. And Shopify, holy crap, it's paying off. I bought at, I mean, it's a little overvalued. I bought at 60 and they're at 94 I know the, right now. I know the VP of product at Shopify so, pretty well. Actually, probably get him on the podcast. I agree. He is a, so, so. We should. They're making a great product. They're making the infrastructure for shopping online. So Shopify bought a Toronto company called Jet Cooper, which no one's ever heard of. And Jet Cooper okay. was basically like, I would say they were better than IDEO. Like Satish and the crew that they had there wow. were really, really good. I interviewed for a job there and they were like, okay, sure, buddy. See you later. Like when I was like out of college, like they were, they were like great, smart group of like really great people. And, um, and and so Jet Cooper is Shopify for the last like 
five or six years. They bought them probably six years ago, maybe seven years ago. Jet Cooper is their product. Like, I mean, it's Shopify product now and I'm sure Jet Cooper doesn't even see itself as Jet Cooper anymore, but that right, team right. is there and he's the VP of product. And so he built that most beautifully sleek. Like he has like Johnny Ive level taste. Like when you went in their office, you were like, but he's working on e-commerce, which is amazing. Guess what you need is like these people who are willing to work on software like that. Yeah. Like he really does. E-commerce is like the least sexy area that needs yeah, the he love. Is, well, he is like got, in his office, like, uh, uh, it, like, I still think about how beautiful their sign was. Like it, to me, I still hold it as the pinnacle of the best office sign, like design implementation. Like it glue, glowed at the right glowingness. It was like the right shape. It felt doodly, but it had this like slate gray, like stark background on it. And then a very glowy, almost like, um, drop shadow esque, like glow around the letters. And they were like really beautifully kerned, like Jet Cooper sign. And I was, I remember walking in and just being like, these people have impeccable taste. Insane. Insane. Well, I love them. Okay. No, Sorry. That's great. So that so that is so you should read about jet cooper they're great people and on that note i'm gonna do my end spiel john unless you have one final topic to talk about i don't think so i think we're good i think we're good okay i have i have a i have a quest for anybody who made it this far through the podcast if you know what a hibiscus is (laughs) and you're listening to this a if you don't you should be in the slack and b if you do know what it is i want you to go on itunes and leave a review with the hibiscus emoji in it right now because I've just noticed it's starting to become a thing. And so if you know what it is, please go and do that on iTunes. I will be checking. (laughs) And also you should post the hibiscus into the Slack channel now. Um, And everyone who posts the hibiscus into the Slack channel, we will now know who the people actually listen to the end of the podcast and who they are and how and when they listen. So this will be our user stats. So when when you hear this, go into the podcast channel and just put the hibiscus emoji. And you're not allowed to up hibiscus someone else's hibiscus. You have to post the hibiscus yourself. That's how it's going to work. And on that note, chargepodcast.com for show notes. Otherwise, John, I can't wait to hang out next Thursday. Next Thursday. I'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.